This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 511, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Podcast. This is episode 511. I'm Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. And Connor Kilpatrick. Hi, yo. Hello. 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 I don't I don't know if Skype will uh, cancel out our harmony, but if you didn't hear it, it was lovely. <laughs> we are a fanboy. We like comic books. Every week we read, every week we read a huge stack of comic books. And one of us picks their favorite book, and we call that the pick of the week, and we will talk about that book and other books, and there'll be books like, oh, I didn't read that. I should have probably read that, because there were so many comic books. And some other stuff. Maybe we'll read some mail. It's a... You never know what you're going to get. That's not true. It's pretty much always exactly the same. But here's your spoiler (laughs) warning. That's the secret of the show, you know. That's how we get to do it. It's always the same. Nothing ever changes. Nothing ever changes. There are going to be spoilers. It's a review show. Get with it. You know what's up. I don't hear any. Compl- we don't hear people complaining about that anymore. It's not a thing. Connor, you had the pick. I did, and it was a tough one, tough week. The pick was easy, but the week was tough. I before getting the pick itself. I mean, these are the books that came out this week that I read: Twilight Children, Batman, uh, Captain America, White, Rebels, War Stories, Thor's Secret Wars, Birthright, Airboy, Southern Bastards. The goddamn. These are some of the. These are like a collection of some of the best books being out right now. So I had a pretty easy decision, though. It was Airboy number four. That means all four episodes, all four issues of this miniseries were pick of the week. Has that ever happened before? Do we know? I don't think it has. An entire entire series get every issue as pick of the week. That's amazing. Usually usually there's one of them on an off week. And if it has, it was never uh, uh, a consensus. Yes, and 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 uh, totally agreed this week. So this week, um, oh, this these these four issues. So each one of us picked it one time, and I picked it. The fir- I picked the first issue. Yeah, you guys picked the middle ones in the last issue. This was uh, easy pick. I mean, I had a, a lot of great books. It was like Murderer's Row this week. I had a re- really great time reading comics. Every time I read a book, it was another great issue. But uh, Airboy is something really special, and I, I realize it's it's not necessarily what everybody wants to read. But um, what maybe what I thought of this week was, you know how we talked when Minimum Wage came out about how the market has sort of moved on from the Harvey Pekar, R. Crumb style indie books that were very sort of self, self-examining, um, at least in terms of, of it being a mainstream thing. You know, those books, even though I was a kid, I didn't read them, and they weren't as popular as, say, Spider-Man, you, you still knew they existed, whereas I think those books are being made now, you just don't know about them anymore. Yeah, it's, well, it's harder. There's there's a lot more input, basically. And uh, but this is a book being done by Image Comics, ostensibly featuring a superhero called Airboy, that is really just a searing self-examination by writer James Robinson. Um, and each issue, he's he's peeled the layers back more and more. And this one just, just ended in a series of haymakers to the gut. Uh, I mean, there's a I'll, we'll get to the plot in a second, but there's a, there's a point where he apologizes to his wife. He thinks he's oh. about to die, and I was just like, "Jesus!" And then the, the whole examination of of that terrible movie he made, comic book villains, and how it was a mistake that, that derailed his that career. Was, that page basically covered every question I've ever had about that because it really, like, we know James Robinson at that point. We knew him. Oh, he did Starman, which was excellent through and through. Then the next time you see me pops up, he does a not good movie, and then he wrote the screenplay for a really not good movie. 
Right. And and the thing is, the thing is, we've known all this stuff existed, and we've interviewed mm-hmm. James Robinson, and we've I've hung out with him socially and all stuff like that. But like these are the things you don't talk about. Right. Yes. Because you know you know that they're not particularly good memories and like you don't want to bring hey, remember that that remember that movie you left comics to go direct where you just basically condemned us all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rob, did I watch that with you? No, I watched it by myself, but we oh. but we watched it around the same time. But I, I watched it then it was Patrick, my friend. Patrick. I think it was Patrick, yeah. No, I I remember watching it and then talking about it going, Did you see this? Like <laughs> he, ha- he hates us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It turns um, out he hated himself. But uh, we, we also talk a lot about how Rick Remender's books are very personal and you can always find his um, worries and hopes and dreams in his sure. stories. But uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a writer open a vein like this in such a mainstream way. And the book's not super mainstream, but it's from a mainstream publisher and uh, where he's a main character in it. And I just and it's, I, it's, never seen this before. It's also placed into the context of something that is super mainstream. I mean, that's the other thing that's going on. It's packaged as, as Airboy. Which is like, and and that really is one of the things that sets it apart from just a you know straight to the camera talking about what's going on or whatever. Like it's all in this, it's in the language of the thing that he's known for. That's what makes this so amazing. I think this is this miniseries is rocketing up, rocketing up the list of like great miniseries. Yeah, no, I mean when this is all collected, this is a great. This is a great, like uh, almost to this uh, to the same you know like. Metatextual of of adaptation, the movie, you know, the what's mm-hmm. what, what was that? What's that writing? Yeah, yeah. Charlie Kaufman. Charlie, Charlie Kaufman, Kaufman. Yeah. yeah, Charlie Kaufman. Like that level of of yeah. honesty and transparency, and just like you know, in terms of like modern postmodern media, mm-hmm. um, like this should go down as as just amazing. Whether whether you know the 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 truth of James Robinson or not. You know, the truth of James Robinson. Like whether you know that he's writing from an honest place or not, even even regardless as a story, it just stands up really solidly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is. A, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Here we go. This is a great piece of literature. Yeah, yeah. It, it made me feel as much as anything else I've ever read in terms of autobiographical or semi autobiographical thing. When he says, you know, like I'm sorry, Jan. I know that you know Jan was his wife, and yep. they were very happy, and they broke up, and I don't know why. I don't know anything, but that's what he feels about it. And like, I literally felt like the chills. That I was like, God, like yeah. it really felt like I was looking at something that was a true and was B uh, not not true in terms of you know the the World War II stuff but the the feeling behind it was absolutely true it was 100% genuine the emotion was yeah, yeah. and then by the end the like I I was like getting I don't know if choked up is there but I was definitely like tingly at the end I was like oh that's like it's a super gut punch right at the end when when Greg starts to t- to talk to him and yeah. he lays all it out and and there's this like last spasm where 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 james is saying you know like well he starts naming all the other writers in comics yeah right just like what the fuck is wrong with you (laughs) you know and 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 really that's what's going on and we're we're talking about james robinson a lot and and it would be remiss to think that some of the great some a large part of the greatness of this here doesn't have anything to do with with greg hinkle because totally this was just some guy who couldn't handle this and wasn't just right it could fall on its face. Oh, this right. wouldn't work without the art. The art yeah. is yeah. wonderful. It captures these people as people who are recognizable without it being Photoshoppy or Tracy. It's it's cartooning where the characters look like the characters, but the emotion is there in, in everybody's face. I mean, it's it's not just the dialogue balloons. It's also the look on on Robinson's right. character's face yeah, when and, he and says s- these things. Storytelling wise, I mean, there's some really fine pacing and acting in this, and I know that they were late on this. This took longer. Uh, but even so, like if it had taken six months more, it, it would have been worth it. And the thing is, even just take a, take aside the personal stuff. It's yeah. actually a really fun story in the background. It is like yeah. the so if you have been if you haven't been reading or you have so the the first issue of this book was about James Robinson and artist Greg Kinkle trying to figure out how to do a help Airboy comic, and then Airboy showed up as a character. They had a, the second issue was them walking around modern day San Francisco. Then they got transferred, ported back in time to Airboys. Fictional time, which was World War II, fighting the Nazis who have these giant robots, and it's it's sort of a pulpish uh, World War II. And then the third issue was them running around Nazi Germany. And the fourth issue, they have a plan to to defeat this particular uh, or win this particular battle. And you know the opening scene where where James Robinson and Greg Kinkle are walking around in SS uniforms and talking about how great Hugo Boss is was was really funny. It was really and, funny. And then the 
you know, the daring uh, blow the bridge up scene, which is sort of your classic World War II scenario, right? You got to blow the bridge before they can get a, the, the transport across, was exciting. And then, you know, so you, that's why I think the brilliance of this book is it's not just a searing autobiography. He manages to do it in a really entertaining way and really, I won't say groundbreaking, but really sort of innovative and, and utterly it, compelling. It, it makes it palatable. Mm hmm. I wouldn't necessarily want four issues of him moaning about how insecure he is, but no. when you have it in the midst of this action story, it makes it even more impactful. And I thought it, that was part of the reason it's so wonderful. And it, it's the kind of comic that he's also best at, which is a lot of what this examination is. Right. Like, so he's writing the kind of comic that he is known for and is really good at, and all, clearly he loves. Um, he, he does great World War II stories, great superhero World War II stories. Like, he's done yes. it lots of times over the length of his career. And then he laid this other thing in the middle of it um can i tell you the thing that 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 i, I don't know if i'm worried about but uh oh uh -oh. well it ends on a pretty you know, basically greg's like listen you know i came here to work with the james robinson when he's ready to work you give me a call and he walks out and and james looks up he says greg wait he blows the cocaine off the table and then, you know, like we see the Airboy comic is, is shown. It's very hopeful. And then we see like a new dawn in San Francisco. And I just, I'm like, I hope he gets his shit together. Well, yeah. Well, the, well I mean, the, I, I was impressed that that the ending was as in like as uplifting because, like, yes. at, at, yeah, because mm -hmm. there's a point in this book where it's like, oh God, how is this going to come about? You know, like how 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 is this going to you know how is this going to wrap up without somebody killing themselves? You know, like it just like it just seems so heavy and dark and 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 you know just with so much weight. And I like the optimistic, hopeful ending yes. that, that you know. And I want James to turn it around. I want because right. we we all know the James Robinson is one of the greatest writers that we've seen in the past twenty years and Starman is legendary and like all mm -hmm. the you know all this great stuff um I think it's fun I, I'm, I'm also I, I know Greg and I've known Greg for a very long time and this is probably the the uh the best speech he's ever not given in life <laughs> it's, just, it's, clearly, it's clearly James uh ghostwriting for what Greg might say but um, but I, no but Greg is great and and, and I, everything you said about his art I, I echo and I agree with but um I'm glad it ended this way yes, like, I, yes. I didn't want I didn't want to see it end it would have been depressing it. yeah exactly yeah yeah no yeah. I agree but but like I would I feel really bad like if you if you if you see James on Facebook he's pretty open about what's going on yeah and so I like I'm like I really want it to work out for him I want this to be that cathartic thing in his life that turns everything around for him but that's not usually how real life works right and so like that's just like oh because it's real it's not it, it you know there's fantasy in here there's whatever and it's a version of him but there's so much truth in there that he's like I I want him to come through I want him to realize his worth I want him to you know, make better decisions about, you know, being self-destructive or something like that. Right. Well, um, yeah, I, hope, I hope this collection comes out before Christmas because I know people I would give this to in a heartbeat. It's not. It's not. Damn it. It won't. Of course not. <laughs> I think it's important to note that uh, once James and Greg wake up from their shared hallucination of World War II, we, we find that they have regular-sized penises. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's important to note because before... It was very generous in, in their portrayal. Now, the regular. But come back, come back to reality. You know, like yeah. that, You know, so I will say that um, a few years ago, uh, when A Tale of Sand came out, I was like, you know, R Ramon Perez is is like that huge new artistic voice, and like Greg Hinkle for me is that guy this year. Like out of all the art that has come out, we've been you know all imminent or whatever. Like, but like the new guys that I, I hadn't seen before. Like this is this is amazing. I hope he gets tons of great work going forward because he can handle stuff. Obviously, yeah. Well, his he, art is very specific to a type. Well, it's, it's, yeah. and it's it's funny because so so Greg is Greg is uh, used to live in San Francisco. And now he's down, I think, down in L.A. And he, you know, was part of the group that you know hung out at Isotope along with me and other folks. And he was always a guy who, uh, who could clearly see how talented he was, and that he just needed something to launch it, to get to get out there, you know. And luckily, you know, he met up with James and was able to make this happen. And and you know, so I'm I I have high hopes that he's able to convert this into a good career and 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 you know do do something great next. He's done. If you like what he's done, you should check out. He did a Kickstarter with a for a graphic novel. Called called uh, The Rattler, uh, which was written by Jason McNamara, who also is a, one of the San Francisco Isotope alum. Mm -hmm. also, also, I went to high school with, uh, small in a small world. Uh, but The Rattler's really, really good. So I would say check that out um, if you haven't. Uh, does, he, it, does he keep repeating the line, I'm The Rattler? No. no okay, that's, yeah. that's The Grappler. 
Not yet. All right, we can keep talking about Airboy, but we have to move on. Yes. Uh, Airboy number four pick of the week. All four issues are picks of the week. Um, I, I guess you could probably say Airboy is probably book of the year, but... Wow, wow. Yeah. Just bold bold statements being made. I love it. Uh, so if you told me beforehand, hey, this week the team behind Scalp, Jason Aaron, Arm Guerra are back together for the image book called The Goddamned, I would have said, well, that would definitely have been your pick of the week right there. I, I, th- I thought, yeah, I was surprised. Well, it could have very well been. I thought it was excellent, but you know, it, it just ran it ran into the freight train that was Airboy. But yeah. uh, So this was... Interesting. I mean, it was it was good, but like, it was interesting. Well, well here, here's, it's gonna, here's it's gonna make a lot of people very angry. I think. Here, here's my take on it: is that I knew going into it that it would be beautiful because mm-hmm. because oh, it, it's Gara, right? And Gara and Julia Briscoe, I think, also did the colors on Scalped, right? Or so in the later part. So we knew it looked great, but when when Jason Aaron originally told me about the concept, I was like, "Ah, is that not really my thing?" Like I don't, but like biblical story, I don't know if I'm gonna get into or whatever. But um, but I read it, and I liked it. I thought it was great. I mean, I thought it was really, you know, it was like, yeah, it was biblical. But like, there's different kinds of biblical, right? This is some Old Testament shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, like if this you is... can possibly say this is grounded biblical. Yes, this is. Well, a... I mean. I mean, there's supernatural things. Absolutely, the main character is Cain. He can't be hurt or killed. Yeah, uh, but have. this is uh, a very different take on Noah than you're used to. That's for sure. And um, it, it also felt very kind of Northlanders-y in terms of the, the language. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's the, that, I thought about that immediately. Like when when we get the first uh, text, you know, text, you know, uh, word balloons, and there there are modern day curses and language, and it's 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 all this. I, I thought I'm like, oh, this is this again, which I'm fine with. I get it, and that's you know, like I'm sure in, in Aramaic there was some word for shit shit pool. But, yeah, if, uh, if it had been old biblical language, I would yeah. not have wanted to read it. So yeah, this exactly. Is yeah. Well, the main this my main takeaway was the ancient Hebrew. Yeah. I can't read a thing. I don't know what's going on at all. Uh, <laughs> my main takeaway was that I'm really glad I live where when I live now and not back when there were roving packs of dogs whose faces were covered in blood. Yeah, agreed. You'd be dead by now, <laughs> just but, for uh, all sorts of reasons. Um, I just I mean, have a, I'd have a problem with the shit pool. This was good. It's it's basically the story of Kane who wakes up in a face down in a shit pool, as Ron said, and he. Uh, he goes and enacts some revenge in the uh, Bone Boys who put him there. And uh, that's about it. I got to say, for a creator who is so fluent in cursing as Jason Aaron is, and there are others, Garth Ennis comes to mind or, or Warren Ellis, uh, Jason Aaron seems to transition to the non-cursing work probably better than anybody else. Yeah. In the, to the, to the light and the dark uh, of, his, of his available dialogue, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which is always really interesting to me because this is, this is vile. <laughs> this is, I mean, this and, and, and Southern bastards, like it's, oh, no, things are horrible, you know. And 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 you know, then the on the other side, like he can do he can do straight up superhero stuff, shiny, you know, Star Wars. <laughs> actually, well, it's interesting that you mentioned him and Garth Ennis together because they both tend to work out their religious issues in comics. Yeah, yeah. At least Garth, Garth Ennis is open about it. I assume Jason Aaron is doing it. Um, here. I don't know if people really have that many issues with the New Testament or the Old Testament at this point. I feel like it's I feel like this is what the stories would look like if you actually put them up on screen. The, the dialogue is a little more contemporary. Yeah, contemporary is exactly yeah. the word I'm yeah, but I'm just saying there's certain members of my family I could not give this to. Well, real, well not because of the cursing or the nudity, but because of the re- the religious context? Yeah. Yeah, that's just a whole world that I just don't like okay. Like, yeah, like it's just—it's completely. I can't. I cannot. Re- I cannot relate both to the context or the uh, um, well, someone someone reacting to it like that. You know. But these stories are totally like blood and guts. You know, Cain is the the first murderer. I mean, that's yeah. what he is. So there's not really another way to portray this. That I don't even feel like this is. People don't idolize him. Like right. it's not like this is this is. No, but they do man. Noah. Yeah. And Noah well, is, yeah. is a slave trading. Uh, Which is probably more realistic. Yeah. To be honest, I'll see right there. You're. Well, I like. I liked the title of the book after I finished the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also liked slipping back into my Gara shoes. Oh, totally. In I, that, I, at first, I don't know that I was what like. What color are those Gara shoes? Well, <laughs> what type? They keep you out all night. Over? That's what they do. Are they uh, 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 like a moccasin? Are they trying to, uh, trying to remember? 
Well, like at first, like he doesn't, his work doesn't look like anybody else's, and I hadn't like seen it in a in a while, and and like I had to get used to it again and try to remember like these. Oh, these are the things that I like about it because it's it's kind of jarring, not necessarily in a bad way, but like once I got going with it, I was like, all right, right, I'm remembering how much I loved this before, and this is it in a different context. Yeah. Um. So it was cool. Um. And and can we acknowledge your the best night of your life is your night with Gera. My night with Gera. Yeah, fanboy story. <laughs> I'm trying to remember his shoes. I feel like they were boots, but I don't know. <laughs> I so, just remember he just zeroed in on you mm-hmm. and was and just did not leave you alone all no, night. It was great. No, the best part though was the be- was the next day. Like I passed him in a hallway and he was just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I was like, it's totally fine. I, I had a great it was good. Well, you, yeah. I think you even laughed and it continued on with me and yeah. Other people laugh. Uh, anyway. And then I came no, back. We yeah. tagged out. Yeah. So, uh, Gera's, Gera's Lament, the iFanboy story. Ron, I love Ron, it. Ron, we had a bunch of new Marvel books again this week. Yes, we did. Continuing on our Marvel adventure. All new, comma, all different Avengers, number one. So this is the big one. This is Wade and is it, Cooper. I, com- I completely missed this. I was like, that's yeah. another Avengers this book. Because I'm so Wade used and- to ignoring Avengers books. This is Andy Kubert, Adam Kubert. Mark yep. Wade and Adam Kubert doing the new Avengers team, which is made up of... New Captain America, new Thor, new Spider-Man, new Nova. It's, uh, Ms. It seems Ms. like it's all new and all different. Yeah, Ms. well, except for, uh, I guess that's Tony Stark and the Vision. Yeah. What if we take the ambiguity out of naming these? <laughs> so I, I just have one question. Yeah. Should I go back and read this? Uh, oh, sure. There we go. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean. <laughs> There it is. No, that's all I needed. What I, what I, what I would have accepted was. No, no. Was, it, it really oh, yeah, depends, absolutely. It really depends on your feelings right now because as people have been listening to the show know, Ron and I are having a lot of angst about the Marvel Universe. And yeah. I think my hesitation is only in that respect. It's not a bad – it's a good superhero comic. It's a Mark Wade Marvel superhero comic. The art's really good. I like Miss Marvel a lot as a character. She's sort of the main character here along with Miles Morales. Yep. And uh, that part's all great. I just – you know, it's just not my Avengers. Right. That's well, yeah. That's, that, that, that's like, really that's really what it boils down to, and it, and it's and it's again, you know, there, there's you know, we we open up with a scene with Falcon and Tony Stark, and there's reference to Falcon's falling out with Cap, and it's just, again, it's that feeling of I just don't know what's going on, but I, but it's not giving me enough clues to tell me. Well, that was uh, in the Captain America book. Yeah, right. Which I which I didn't read. So which well, I that's guess that's my own fault. That's but, your fault. But 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 still no reference to it. Give me an editor's note, you know. But um, but they don't do that anymore. That's yeah, not they even. They actually do. Really I, well, like occasionally, but like that that went out for a while and sort of shows up occasionally. It's the exception now. Yeah. There's actually a, I'm looking at editor's note on this page in this oh, book. So that I just didn't. No, not this. not for Captain America, but for uh, Nova reference. I mean, they oh, do. Yeah. I see them a lot in the Marvel books. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I mean, it was good. I mean, Kubert is great. Wade is great. Like, I'm. I'm. The thing is, like, I'm not loving the Avengers world right now. So, I, I you know, I'm trying to figure out what whether I want to keep my foot in it or not. Um, mm. you know, because coming off of of Hickman. And Secret Wars number seven came out this week, which was awesome, by the way. But um, but in a way that is unrelated to anything else, and just you know, kind of like disconnected, awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I just thought I, I like I'm not feeling it, you know. So yeah. well, I mean, well, that's the thing. That's kind of what I wanted to know was like if you had been like, yeah, this was great. It doesn't matter or anything else that I'd have been like totally. But anything less than that, I'm not interested. All right. Just because I've been so disconnected from the Avengers, and I know Connor actually you said it's not my Avengers. Well, yeah, it's all new and all different, so right. that would make sense. But that doesn't necessarily mean even if it's good that you're all that interested in it. Right. Right. I just I mean, as soon as Steve comes back, let me know, and I'll be back. Yeah. But you know, until then, mm-hmm. it's 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 not well, something I'm totally interested in reading. I'm gonna try it. I'm I'm gonna try it. I did enjoy the backup story with. Uh, Miss Marvel and Nova meeting. Yeah, she's a great character, and I thought that was a great. And I love Nova, so I mean, if anything's going to keep pull me in, it's going to be. And I like this character and all that sort of stuff. But so, um, uh, but yeah. So who drew the bat? Who is that? I'm looking for Mahmoud Asrar, didn't he? Oh man, that's great looking. Look at him; he's come such a long way. Yeah, and that's that's good. Cubert too. I like that. That's the good one. That's the that's the one I like. I never remember which is which. Yeah, interesting. It's a little more scratchy. Um. So also also coming out was all new Hawkeye number one. Josh, did you read this? I did. Yeah, what'd you think? Yeah, um, I liked it better than the last one that we did not that we had a really hard time with. The last all new Hawkeye number one, which was like three months ago. <laughs> yeah. No, but like the last issue of Hawkeye that we talked about a lot and not in a good way. 
Right. Who's the creative the last team? one? Same it's one. Still, yeah, it's still, it's the same. <laughs> it's, it's basically the same. It's Lemire and Perez, and it seems to have picked up that story as well too. But I mean, thirty years later, fifteen yeah. years later. But yeah, but that's where this story left off. Like, it's not like this. This could be the next issue, you know? So yes, it is. So keeping that in mind, but but so. The thing is, what I didn't like on the last one, I guess, was the weird decisions that were made. They seemed just out of nowhere and, and didn't seem to fit with my idea of what the characters are. But what we're doing here is we're dealing with the aftermath of that in sort of an interesting way, I guess. Like accepting yeah. that that happened and not giving that any value one way or another. This is how they deal with it. And oddly enough, like the basic the gist of it is that Kate is still mad at Clint about it years and years and years and years later. Yeah. And I know how she feels. <laughs> and so in a way I was like yeah he's kind of got that coming and like she's mad at the guy in the way that I'm mad at the character because yeah. you know he was you know one of if not my favorite Marvel character and like he's we had a fun little dalliance with Fraction and uh, why is she mad at him? because he let uh, not S.H.I.E.L.D. he let AIM take away those kids yeah uh, because there was nothing that they could do about it, and then the kids, you know, murdered a bunch of people because they're like, cr- you know, crazy godlike. They're like, uh, like that episode of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, you know, that's what the kids are like, except they look like Artie and Leech. Um, but I like, I get that. But at the same time, I could still, it really is a case of not my Hawkeye. Like the thing that I really loved about him is gone, and there's other things to love about him, but it's not the same thing. Right. It'd be like if your favorite restaurant shut down, opened back up with the same thing, but everything in it was different. Even though, like, it was the same name, yeah. And even if that food's good, you're like, I really, I like that. I had that happen. My my pizza place in Brooklyn, yeah. When it changed ownership, I remember it reopened, and I was like, What the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not my pizza. It was still pizza, but it was not good anymore. Well, my 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 biggest thing about this is less of from the story standpoint and more about I just wish Ramon Perez would be Ramon Perez and not do Ramon Perez doing David Aha, at least in the in the in in the present day scenes. You know, we and we get a little taste of it in the flash forwards, and that he's doing a different style. But like uh-huh. Ramon Perez on his own can do a style that would blow your mind that you would never expect. So don't tell him to try to fit into a pigeonhole of to do to be like aha. That's what that's what drives me crazy about this. I don't know that I see that as much. Like, I, I saw it a lot in the layouts, I guess a little bit, but no layouts and the characters and all that. I mean, like it's it's it's, it's Perez doing aha in the contemporary scenes. It yeah. is let Perez be Perez. Yeah, exactly. You know what it looks not not the the flash forward scenes because that's obviously done on purpose. It looks a little unfinished. Yes, yes, agreed. And and I don't want my art Except super polished. Isn't that yeah. the style? It's no, not, but I think it's, it's I think it's the, I think it's it's cheating. I think it's like Isad Ribic. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's the I think it's the. Um, Unfinished as a style because it's actually unfinished. <laughs> yeah. well, you get a lot now is the is the non inked pencils that are colored and you can see the pencil marks. That's that, that that's part. A, that no, that's not it. Like okay. really, like there's missing heads. No, like really loose, really loose inks. Yeah, that are that are pretty clearly. Di- I I think they look pretty digital to me. Like right. it's really loose, but not not like I don't know. It just doesn't seem it doesn't seem finished. It seems. Rushed. It's not the guy who I. It's not the guy I fell in love with. Not my Perez. If you yeah. if you follow Perez on Instagram, he does ink digitally. Yeah, and and I don't know. It feels like that. It doesn't feel like. Feels like a job. Yeah, that's what it feels like. It yes, feels like agreed. he's doing a job. And another thing, if you follow Perez on Instagram, that guy's all over the damn place. What the fuck, man? He's, he's had taken, the best life ever. He yeah. does have the best life ever, but I, I, like, I wonder if it's affecting the work. He's yeah. constantly jotting around in a scarf. <laughs> on, on, like on motorcycle cross country trips. I mean, listen, he's an amazing man. I don't think anybody can deny that. But you know, this I was so excited about his art when I found it, and I I want to like this more than I do, and I'm I'm trying to figure out why. Right. I don't. Let's move I on guess. to the Ultimates number one from Al Ewing and Kenneth Rockefeller, and this is the I didn't know anything about. Again, I didn't know anything about this going into it other than I just oh I'll try I'll try a new Ultimates book and see what that's all about. Right. And it's interesting to discover that the. Uh, it's a cosmic team of Marvels plus Black Panther and, and America Chavez. Is that Miss America? Yeah, uh, America yep. Chavez. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep. From, so you've yep. got Captain Marvel, Blue Marvel, the old Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau, who goes by another name that I've already forgotten because it was dumb. Spectrum. Spectrum. And uh, I actually found myself enjoying this. 
I actually was surprisingly, I surprisingly enjoyed this because yeah. I did not like Al Ewing's uh, last. Uh, yeah, we didn't uh, like that other book he wrote. Yeah, the Avengers. It was the, whatever the new Avengers or whatever it right. is. Did not like it at all. And I and for a moment I was like, all right, maybe I'm just not into Al Ewing's work. But actually, this was I really enjoyed this. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I thought Rocafort was great. Rocafort was. Um, They've you know, been like, trying to find something for him, both companies, for a long time, and nothing has really been the right fit. I think this is really working. Exactly, for him. and him and Christian Ward have a very similar kind of chaotic style, and you know, a lot like you know. I think when I was really excited because Rocafort did stuff years ago at Top Cow, and it was like completely just you know totally out there and 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 really kind of engaging and interesting. And then he went to DC, and they totally made him tone it, it down. And it blew and, up and, yeah, and, and I feel like he's been stuck in that land now. And I feel like this was a little closer to the Rocafort that I liked, although it's still a little constrained, but it's it's still a little... But, he, but he also gets to draw crazy technology, crazy aliens. Yep. Galactus yep. shows up um, at the end. And the art was wonderful, I thought. Yeah, and yeah. I, I really yeah. liked the characters. That they that thought that was an interesting grouping. They're on this, some sort of cosmic school, uh, you know, strike, strike team that's out in the universe doing stuff. And I liked it. I thought this was fun. I'm going to continue reading The Ultimates. Strangely, yeah, I, yeah oddly, I, I might too. So that's that's, that's interesting because I, I I haven't heard anything good about about Al Ewing's work, so I haven't been compelled to check it out. Yeah, check this one out, Josh. I'd be curious okay. to hear what you think. So, all right, fair uh, enough. I never really liked the Ultimates to begin with, but yeah. so so fi- finally, while I was reading Secret Wars number seven this week, I was um, I, I was thinking, what what happened to Thor's? I thought the same thing a while and, ago, and then and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it came out this week, and um, shouldn't have read this before I read Secret Wars, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait, uh, there's the other way. One of them is plural, the other. I, I don't know. I don't know that it's mutually exclusive. I think yeah. if I had read. Either one first, it would have spoiled the other one. Yes, yeah, yeah I think Couldn't, so. Nothing you could do about it. But uh, but the big thing is this: that this is this this is the book that reveals who Lady Thor is. So if, if what are you talking about? What, what I was we already it? knew? We, 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 we was revealed in her own book. Yeah. Oh, it was oh, then yeah, I like that. like like four or five months ago. Oh, We're man. terrible at this. I'm out of this. I'm out of We're it. We're bad. Yeah. <laughs> like people at home are going. I don't. Why am I listening to them? I don't know. I know. You know why? No, honestly, you know why? You know why? You know why? Because I did not finish reading. That Lady Thor series in the summer. I have the issues. I have not read them. That's why. That's so. It was new to me. So I, I'm enjoying your new status quo, which is if I haven't read it, it just didn't happen, and I'm angry about it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> God damn it! Why can't they do this? They, they did do that. No, I didn't. Read it is this what it's like to hear me talk about comics? Because I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Yes. Listen. Listen. It just. But but, the, but that's an evidence of the disconnection I felt to what's going on in Marvel, and that yes. you know, and like, and and I love Jason Aaron's work. I love what he's done on Thor. But you know, for whatever you know, like I admittedly, my thing. I was going through some stuff this summer, and uh, you know, I don't want to talk about it. But uh, whoa, whoa, <laughs> you, know, whoa. So, <laughs> you know what? You should call James Robinson if you can turn that into a project. Yeah, yeah maybe. You could do a book on you next. Um, but I'd like to see Greg Hinkle draw you. Either, I would read this shit out of that <laughs> but either way uh either way uh this is a nice little series and i'm gonna miss it this is like one of the little shining stars of the of the battle world it yeah. was but also it felt similar to the other ones and that it just sort of ended yes agreed well it had to you know so what did it mean that the, the hammer flew away at the end the the ultimate hammer that someone's gonna pick up the ultimate hammer and become ultimate another thor, thor? yes but the, he was maybe not he, maybe he can you know you can throw a bone to you know real thor and give him a hammer i don't know I don't even know who real Thor is anymore. With the He's arm, the guy and, with the, the arm. and the axe, and the okay. and the ripped up cape. God damn it. Yeah. So no, I'm just saying, you know, in general, like because there was Ultimate Thor, he was there, and and there, know, there was Ultimate Thor, Thor. there was there, there was and, and <laughs> there was Beta Ray Bill, there was <laughs> Frog Thor. Everybody knew him because he ate all the bugs. Um, it was Thor two times. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get the hammer. Get the hammer. Oh, Ron, do the thing. <laughs> All right. So, well, barely. If I wanted to catch up on Lady Thor, I could go buy the trade paperback, assuming it's out. And if I could do that, I would do that on Amazon.com. And you could do that as well. And it is the best way to help support iFanboy.com. Uh, if you go to iFanboy.com slash support, you can find a link to shop on Amazon. And hey, listen, we're, we're well into November. Guess what's coming? Guess what's just around the corner? The holidays. Woo! 
see. Yeah. So uh, you're going to want to do your Christmas shopping. You got Black Friday coming up. You got Cyber Monday coming up. You got the holidays coming up. You got Kwanzaa. You got Hanukkah. You got Christmas. You got all the stuff. So you want to get all the good presents at Amazon and go to ifanboy.com support and use our link to go to Amazon and help us get a little piece of the action. We appreciate everyone who does that. Also, if you want to help us directly, you can sign up for a recurring membership for $3 a month or $30 a year. You can also do that at ifanboy.com support. And um, if you don't want a recurring membership and you just want to give us a one-time donation, you can do that as well. And there's a link there to do that via PayPal. And we recently got a couple of direct donations and we want to thank everybody who did submit that. So thank you very much. We appreciate it. Um, and as always, we thank you for for your support and we'll uh you know we'll, we'll keep the lights on so they're gonna ask they get, they'd like you to read the books though yeah you went from like bartles and james listen to, uh, i've got a lot of catching up to do i know <laughs> he was out of the industry for a while i was i was i was i was on walkabout i i stopped watching gray's anatomy three years ago and i don't know who these people are and what's going on what the hell not my gray's anatomy <laughs> yes i actually feel the same way when i see the promos anyway <laughs> Superman American Alien came out this week. Superman American Alien number one, written by Ron's buddy Max Landis. The hatred um, of this book from other people that I really don't have any context for still drove me away. Oh, from is it. this the Max Landis book? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't read it. I gotta go back and read it then. This okay. was super great. Um, Nick Dragota Nick Dragota on art. And what this is is a seven issue miniseries that's uh, examining different points points along the life of Superman. And this one is about when he's a kid. And he's just learning that he can fly and having all these problems. He just floats. And so this is going to be seven issues with different artists like Jock and Jay Lee and Tommy Lee Edwards and Nick Dragota, Francis Manipal, uh, Ryan Sook, a bunch of people like that uh, doing, doing artwork. And um, this was great. I don't know what people's problems were other than it's a slightly different look on these characters. Uh, the parents are younger. Um, he's given them some sort of realistic problems. This takes, it takes place in the 80s. It takes place in the early 80s. They're, well, they, go to, they go to the movies to see E.T. E- e- and Pete Ross has a mullet. Um, but uh, I thought this was fun. And I'm really curious to know which Superman this is, actually. Well, I am, <laughs> I am, I am downloading it based on your... This, the Nick Dragota stuff is really great, too. Um, well, all right, then. But, and there's also a final page where you see sort of a... Uh, Scrap room with like you know articles taped up on the wall and and old letters and you you sort of poke around there and you can piece together some things going on at the family and the fact that uh, Jonathan was a, was a hippie in the sixties that makes sense I believe that it's not cool to like this book I don't think I don't really give a fuck <laughs> I love you All right. I don't even know who's complaining about it but I don't really care um uh, Darwin Cook is the king that's all I have to say about Twilight Children number two he's well I, my, I have two two notes on Twilight Children one is I thought, wow, some more Darwin art. I'm getting new Darwin art every month. Yep. This is amazing. <laughs> and two, I don't know what's going on at all. Well, welcome to a Gilbert Hernandez story. <laughs> I have no idea what's going well, on. Well, that, that's, that's concerning. Yeah. As that has been the thing that I think has turned Connor and I off from it in the past. Right. I do not feel as lost. I don't, that's not a thing that's, that's... I had no problem with issue one. Issue two threw me a lot of curveballs. I, I, I'm sort of going with it all will be revealed sort of thing. I, what, I, what I thought was interesting in general is that while this is Darwin Cook art, it doesn't feel like any Darwin Cook story I've ever read before, so I'm rolling on that. Right, yeah, and that, that's, kind of, that's what I think is special about it is that it's, it's Darwin, um, the Darwin-Gilbert combination is not unlike anything we've seen before. And, and yeah, and, and the thing is I've read Gilbert Hernandez stories before, and this is kind of par for the course. He set it up, great setup, introducing the characters, and now you start getting curveballs. You don't quite know what's going on. Shocking things happen big bursts of light grab people and they disappear and you know wait wait for the next issue so oh, i'm not I'm blind off. i'm I not just, blind i yeah. just finished it going what what yeah all right yeah um but it's early so that's fine yeah. batman and robin eternal number six i just wanted to mention that and i'm, I'm i know people are probably sick of hearing about this book but i uh <laughs> i'm actually enjoying it more and more with each issue and i really am Costumes aside, really enjoying mostly the flashback to the original adventure with you know Dick Grayson as Robin and Batman, and I actually was thinking that it's really rare to you know we've talked about this over the years on the podcast going way back to the beginning. It's really rare to get a Batman and Robin story. I know they had a Batman and Robin book, but for years and years and years, going way back to the beginning of Tim Drake, when Robin had his own book, they basically had him in that book, and you never really hung out with Batman. In yeah, him. totally. Yep. yep. So. You know, I'm reading this Batman and Robin story. I'm like, hey, this is, I forgot what this is like. Like, this is, you know, granted, I don't really read Batman and Robin anymore, but that's a different Robin I'm not interested in. But I forgot what it's like to read a fun 
story featuring Batman and Robin, which is the title of this book. But right. I'm enjoying it. Cool. Um, and then finally to round out the uh, the new uh, Marvel books, all new Wolverine number one came out. And I this is uh, featuring not Wolverine, but actually X-23. Right. As, so as, I didn't read it. Yeah. And and at first I was you know adamant about not, but I was like, eh, let me give it a shot. Actually, really good. Who's um, a creative team? I like uh, that. That's that's good character. She's, yeah. she's been used really well in uh, the recent years. Yeah, no, and recently she's gotten a lot better. Um, written by Tom Taylor, who I'll be honest, I don't know who that is. He's, he's, we've read books by him before. I can't think of what they were, but we have. Yeah. Um, we made we made a lot of jokes. He had the same character name as the character in the unwritten. Oh, right. Okay, I vaguely recall that, yeah. Um, but uh, art by David Lopez, who did the – remember he did the old Hawkeye Mockingbird thing that Jim McCann wrote? Yes. Um, but the the – I don't know if it's if it's the Nathan Fairbairn coloring him or it says good, David Lopez good and David, colorist. David David never wrote on art. I don't know if it's the inking, but it's got a heavier line this time, and I, I actually the, the art looks really really good. Um, and there's a little cameo by uh, Angel by Warren and Young Angel from the All New X Men, and it's just like this is a really good. It was a solid issue. I'm gonna stick with it. So he wrote that Crazy Injustice series. That oh right. Yeah, that was yeah, it. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I dig it. So I, I would check this out. It was uh, it, it got it got my thumbs up. So, hey, War Corner time. All right. It feels like we're there's a lot more War comics out, so we're having this War Corner segment way more uh, than we used to. I figured we start with the one Josh didn't read, and then get to the one he did read. War stories. I feel like for- you just keep putting these on here to bug me. That's <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be honest. It's like fifty percent of the reason why. Uh, yeah. I'm War Corner. War stories fourteen. Garth Ennis's current story. Uh, it's probably the no. It is the best one of this particular Avatar run. Um, it's part two of the uh, Tokyo story. I'm trying to get the book up on the on the iPad here to read, to read the title. But it's basically uh, the first issue was three replacement pilots in Okinawa um, flying missions, Tokyo Club, and uh, you know one of them died in issue one. Another one dies in issue two. And uh, it, it's, this is probably the most compelling and interesting arc he's had so far in this particular Avatar run. Uh, Really great storytelling. You know, fighter pilots in World War II are always interesting because, you know, those planes went down a lot, and uh, they don't ha- they have a zest for life because they don't think they're going to make it. And it's a lot of interesting details like uh, how hard it is to fly these missions hundreds of miles from these little islands to Japan. And in this issue, they encounter a giant storm, which is a problem for these planes. Yeah, I, rem- I remember watching. Um, what did I watch? Uh, it was, I think it was um, uh, called Pearl Harbor. Yeah, that was a, yeah. yes. And there was a, it was a movie about World War II fighter pilots, and yes. they they do a mission was, at the end where they've got to fly. I think Matt Damon's yeah. friend was in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I think so. It was a good movie. Hey, is Paul still available? <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? This is Iwo Jima. But here's here's an interesting. Actually, the reason why I wanted to mention this, I just remembered it now, is that it was a really great scene in the middle, and this was a total classic Garth Ennis scene in which uh, they're all having dinner, and uh, the guy representing the Marines is at the table, and he basically. Just you know, ask them if it was worth it. If if all the people that died taking Iwo Jima was worth, you know, all of his friends in the, in the Marines who took Iwo Jima, it was worth their, their death to have this to take this island because they could have flown the same missions from the islands they already had. And it was a really great sort of uh, monologue flash debate between the Marine and the pilots about the cost of war. And that was sort of right up Garth Ennis's alley. Hmm, cool. Good stuff. And then I moved Rebels into the war corner because I figured it's a book about the Revolutionary War. It is. It is. I agree with that move. So there you go. Talk about Rebels. What we got this time was a sort of interesting two-part. He's just doing an anthology where he's skipping around within the issue itself. Um, First part is about uh, a woman who's printing up uh, seditious flyers uh, in the 1760s, so prior to the sort of start of hostilities um, uh, about the Stamp Act, and she's captured uh, because they they recognize a – um, like a defect in the print that he recognizes from another flyer. So we found out who printed the other flyer, and then uh, they arrested her. And then she meets with Benjamin Franklin's sister in the lady prison. Yes. End of, and, and there's the, basically a talk of like, it would be really nice if we women mattered. That was um, a really devastating conversation, yes. It was. It was. And, and you know, she had all sorts to add. And um, I, I, I love the connection. I don't know how true of a story this is or not. I'm, I'm guessing not, but maybe based in something. But, you know, Ben Franklin's sister is a real person. Um, and we talk about him a lot more than her. Um, 
And then uh, the second, I'm trying to jog my memory what the second was. It was, uh, oh, it was our, our Seth. Seth is definitely the guy from the first arc, right? I'd have to look it up. Uh, he is in... So what happened was Washington, uh, they laid siege on Boston for a really long time, and after a long time, they won. Uh, then they went Are you down explaining to... the Revolutionary War? Yeah, I mean, that's basically what happened. Step by step. This was what it was. They laid like Boston, or, the UK was, uh, you know, the, the British were laid up in Boston and they laid siege to them for a really long time. And then one night they erected all these ramparts and they woke up in the morning like they had all these guns facing down on them from Dorchester Heights. And that forced the British to finally leave. Um, and then they scooted down south and they took over New York, which was a loyalist stronghold. And eventually the British showed up and drove them all out and they lost Manhattan and Brooklyn and, and all that. Um, and then they didn't win anything for years. I mean, it's a wonder that, <laughs> that the war went the way it did. Anyway, <clears throat> so this is a story that <laughs> you're crossing into some like, like it's a wonder though. No. Like it's like it's, just, it's fascinating. I, know, I, I yeah. love like the heroic story of the war is like it was loss after loss after defeat after like no, there's no chance this should have happened. Yeah. But what we have here is a story um, of Seth Abbott uh, in Manhattan, and he's like on a. Basically, he's like a sniper. He's in like a building, and he's got a spotter. Yeah, uh, Seth was in the first story. He was. Yeah. yeah, that's him. So he's got a spotter, uh, and he's talking to him, and the guy's like, "You don't like me very much because I'm I'm black, or because I, I was a slave." And he's like, "That's not it." And he notices that there's stitching in his jacket from where there was a patch, and he uses it to out him as a spy or as a as a, a British loyalist, or basically. But but then the the guy says, "You know, you're promising freedom from this. You don't even know." You know, you don't even know what that means to me. And he's like, "Well, we're all slaves." And he's like, "Oh, shut up." <laughs> you know, basically, and it's 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 true. Like it's a it's a it's a further back look of we we tell this story about the revolution and the Declaration of Independence and freedom, and you know, it means different things to different people depending on who you are. And it was a really nice um, just touch of perspective, I guess. Uh, there wasn't really a bad guy in this scene. I hope he's not. Cra- well, he's he's a spy. Of course, he's a bad he is. guy. Uh, I I really. <laughs> I uh, hope he's not cramming these in because you know they're only because they're only doing a certain number. Like I would have liked each one of these stories to get a full full issue. Well, I'm just I saying. don't think Let's that's happening. Star Wars corner. So Star Wars corner. Uh, you got Dar- uh, Darth Vader number twelve. And remember when Darth Vader started? And we were we were talking how great Salvador La Roca was and how impressive the art was and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. I believe the monthly schedule might have taken its toll because there's a real wonky stormtrooper in the beginning of this. It's like a real thin, gangly stormtrooper. It's like, oh, okay, he's getting tired. But that said, this had an awesome moment where Vader takes out a Y-Wing with his lightsaber from the ground, the Y-Wing that's taking off, and he chucks the lightsaber and it cuts this, the thing off. That was kind of awesome. Um, but yeah, and this kind of, I believe, this looks like this wraps up this 12 issue and then this moves into Vader Down, which is, I guess, the crossover event. Vader whatever. Down! But yeah. Um, but then the other the other thing I wanted to mention, aside from uh, the monthly issues, uh, Chewbacca number three also came out and that was awesome. Um, but I saw that Marvel, uh, Marvel, I guess they've been re-releasing the old Star Wars stuff, but this this week they released the hardcover version of the old uh, mid-80s, 1984, uh, 1983 adaptation of Return of the Jedi uh, with, that was written by Archie Goodwin with art by Al Williamson. Mm-hmm. And this – I got to go back and, and try to figure out the timeline, but I know I've always said that G.I. Joe num- – whatever, the G.I. Joe issue, Connor, what issue is that? The, with, the, with, the, with the photos and the arrow on the cover? Yeah, I've always said that that was like my first comic book, but this – might be my first like graphic novel. Hmm. I got in 1984 for Valentine's Day. We, my parents used to give us presents for Valentine's Day, like a little thing. And I got the little paperback collected edition of all these issues that tells the story of Return of the Jedi. And I read that book until the pages fell out. Right. And so it was great to see this and go down memory lane again and be like, oh my God, I totally remember this. And it's Al Williamson art and it's amazing. So um, if you're a Star Wars fan and you never got, if you're too young, um, you never got to see this stuff. It's great to see Marvel putting it back into print, um, and you know it's available digitally. It's available in print, and this is one of, one of my favorites of all time. So, I just wanted to highlight that. Well, now I now I know why we're. T- I thought, are we talking about the movie? <laughs> no, no. Well, I just want to talk this. about Return of the Jedi for a while, guys. Yeah, <laughs> is that all right? No, but uh, but yeah, they no, def- and, they and honestly, colored this right. I'm sorry. They definitely recolored this, right? Yeah, yeah. So they they uh, it looks like uh, Soto Soto Color recolored it. So it is recolored. Um, but uh, but yeah. But if you don't know the greatness of Al Williamson, 
this is a great place to to kind of check it out because it is amazing. So, but yeah, it is recolored. It is recolored. Looks a little more vibrant. So yeah, yeah. All right. Well, those are the books we're going to talk about this week. Go to fanboy.com, find the post for this show, and you can talk about these books or other books you read. Uh, a lot of books came out this week, so we didn't get a chance to talk about them all. So if you want to talk about more things, they can be, they can be done at ifanboy.com. Let's do some email. We'll try to get a couple of these in. We'll start with Aaron keeping the Star Wars train rolling. Aaron says, it's common knowledge that you guys don't like the Star Wars prequels. What specifically do you hate, and is there any way to re-edit the movie to make them better? I think if they removed the scenes with the midi-chlorians, the rocket boosters on R2, and the idea that Anakin is going to bring balance to the Force, it would at least improve things. <laughs> it could at least be watchable. Listen, if you just take out the things I don't like. <laughs> Very no. specific things. Well, no. No. I, 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 oh, think, I, I think it's important to say that, I mean, I know you guys, I, 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 I kind of like, as the Uh-oh. years, as the years, as the, as the years go on, I kind of appreciate the prequels. Where's but, Paul? But not, but not for, not for, not because they're good, just because of the, how bad. They are. No, there's no such thing. <laughs> also, you like Aaron, something or don't. Yeah. Aaron, go listen to our special edition podcast we did on the re-release of the Phantom Menace in 3D, and that's basically where we exercise all those demons for good. Yeah, uh, here were all the problems we had, and there's no way to make these movies better. I mean, there's some people who believe them. I mean, if you haven't heard of Aaron, if you uh, and anybody else have heard of the Machete Order, which is a a a. A fan theory on how to watch all the movies and like it's like you watch you know you watch Star Wars then you watch Empire and then you go back and watch you know and 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 watch part of Episode Two and all of Episode Three or whatever the thing is. There's some people who say that is good. I don't agree. I mean, I think that's interesting, but I chalk that up with crazy fan theories that I don't subscribe to. Also, so yeah, a couple of points here. Yeah. First of all, fuck fan theories. Just I'm my least favorite thing on the internet. B, taking out a couple of little things that aren't annoying have nothing to do that are annoying have nothing to do with it. Right. If you don't like the movie because of rocket boosters and R two D two, you have you have problems. <laughs> like it, that doesn't that doesn't matter. Yeah. It's about it's about a story. It's about compelling characters. It's about good acting. The only thing I can say about those movies that I liked is is Obi Wan Kenobi. I, I really like Ewan McGregor in that role. Agreed. Uh, I really like the design. Of episode one in particular, I think it's it's a great looking movie. A lot of the uh, like a lot of the designs I thought were wonderful. Um, they're boring. That's what the problem is. Like the like episode one's boring. Yeah, just it's long and the it's not compelling. You don't know why anyone's doing anything or care, even if you do. And then the other two are embarrassing. Yeah. Like, episode, like episode was, two. Episode two is the worst. Yes, agreed. I was at. I was at. Uh, I was. I could take my my kid to go see his friend. You know, to play over at his house, and and the parents were like, "Oh, they've been watching Star Wars a lot." And I was like, "Oh, that's good." And and then they put on like they they put on episode three, and I was just watching it, going, "Oh, they think I like this," <laughs> <laughs> and that it was embarrassing, and, yeah. and it, you know. Yeah, and, and and I'm also like, I'm not even going to sit here and say it's bad. But it's it's not it's not any of the things that we liked about the early early ones. Maybe you can never recapture that. I'm totally cool with that. I don't ever need to recapture that because it already exists. Yeah, I mean, I've, we, we've had long, long conversations about what's wrong with these and what went wrong. And I personally believe that that uh, the lack of uh, surrounding yourself with people just saying yes does not give you the best product. And also, it seems they seem to exist solely to wink at things that already happened and yeah. set, things, set those things up. And, well, no, I don't necessarily hate it, but if that's, it seemed like that was the entire purpose, and it changed a lot yeah. of the a lot of the mystique of those first movies is gone because we tried to explain their origin. Oh, I mean, I'll, t- right? I'll tell you exactly what what the pre what the pre the actual result of the prequels did that ruined the original trilogy for me is that I have zero fear of Darth Vader as a villain anymore. Mm. Because even you know, and, and as menacing and mysterious and whatever that that it was in the original trilogy, I now know he is inside of that is a whiny baby. And when and and then when you go and back and watch Jedi or watch Empire, any line Vader says is like, "You're just a whiny baby," and it has no gravitas anymore. It has no value to me anymore. So yeah, so oh. fuck, so fuck the prequels. They ruin the movies. <laughs> Wow! All right, you are all over the place. Today. <laughs> yeah, are you off your meds? <laughs> I'm just saying, but no, I mean I, that, that that did a lot to ruin that character for me. See, I just I just exercised the prequels from my mind, and I'm back to the original. My feeling with the originals, like I have no, I watch them, I have no problem recapturing yeah. all that stuff. It's great, but fuck those movies. 
Quick question. Yeah, no, before... the other ones don't, don't bother me. I'm, I'm, we're, we're, we're beyond the looking glass with the old movies. Like, you're not going to change that. Yeah. Like, they are what they are. Right. I still love it. Great. Corin from Birmingham, UK says, I've got a question for the show that I've been thinking about hard for a long time, two and a half years to be exact. And that's some serious thinking. That wow, that's some serious thinking at the that's, end. That's, well, it's, it's a mediocre, it's mid, mid-range thinking. Corin <laughs> says, I had a dream where I went to the luxury iFanboy offices in Manhattan to ask if I could get engaged to my girlfriend. Josh said I should. Ron said I should wait a bit longer to see how things go. And Connor said that I shouldn't and should break up with her. In Affairs of the Heart, who has had the most success and should I have listened to my dream that I make a horrendous mistake? We well, can't answer this question. Why are, why are we even reading this question? <laughs> Basically to hear what you'd say in reaction to it. <laughs> and I think we can chalk that up as a win. <laughs> I don't even know. There's no way to answer this question. There's no way to answer this. Who has had the most success? Well, the, well how do you define success? Well, that, that's really that's the question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and that is a subjective answer. Right. It's all from so, a certain point of view. From time to time. <laughs> did I make a horrend did I make a horrendous Well, I've been married for a decade. But what is the mistake that he made? I said he should he thinks so in his but dream. We don't, we, don't, he, we don't know if he should we don't know if he got engaged or not, so we don't know if, well, if he made a mistake. Well There's a lot of information missing. I think we can make the leap there though. I, I mean, it, it depends on her, doesn't it? Or him. Like, you made a mistake if you hate each other. <laughs> but maybe you don't hate each other yet. Right. Maybe you will hate each other. That can happen. So then, then Ron was correct. <laughs> oh, boy. But Connor wants him to stay single. <laughs> Which I feel like but is I true. I, I didn't say it. I feel, but although, like, like Corin, I don't know how Corin knew, but he zoomed in right there. <laughs> yeah, but that's old Connor. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Connor, take today. Connor's different Connor. But right. Connor wouldn't trade. Connor wouldn't trade past Connor. Oh, <laughs> Connor, Connor, past Connor had a lot of fun. <laughs> and had had past Josh been single, which he pretty much wasn't, he probably wouldn't have had any fun. <laughs> He would have just he would have just been angry about things. Uh, he was anyway. Um, <laughs> Still is. Hmm. Still is. No, no, I'm just tired. It's different. But did he? Don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't do that. Come don't on. Do that. <laughs> you know what I looked like five years ago? I did. I looked a lot more than five years younger. Mm. Wait, you, right. have ki- you have kids? <laughs> so. <laughs> Email us at contact.ifanboy.com or call our voicemail line at 888-FANBOYS-326-2697. Tell us who you are, where you're from. If you call the voicemail line, keep it around 30 seconds. And let's do a couple of plugs and announcements. Ron. Yes. So if you haven't heard, we've launched another podcast that's been going on for about two months now. Uh, We really want to thank everybody who's checked it out and has been enjoying it. Many of you have been. Uh, Check out. It's called Goodfellas Minute. You can go to goodfellasminute.com where we are analyzing the Martin Scorsese picture one minute at a time. We've had a lot of fun. We've had a lot of great guests on the show. Um, There's some comics folks folks, uh, that have been on and are coming on, and uh, we're really excited. Uh, so please check that out. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Uh, it's going on until April. So uh, get on it while you can. The end of this week sees the release of Jessica Jones, the second Marvel series from Netflix. And you know we did a podcast on Daredevil, the first one last year. We are going to do a Jessica Jones show. Don't know when. It's just it's, it's coming right out around the worst Thanksgiving. Possible it's, time. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough timing. It's coming out right before Thanksgiving, and then the holidays. Did they not come. check with us on yeah. the release date. I told Loeb. I said, Loeb, don't do it by the holiday. Jeff Loeb here on the iFanboy Show, coming at you. <laughs> Honestly, uh, we have we have the rest of the year scheduled super tightly. I don't know. If this isn't even come out this year. It might come out next year. No, well, well we, I think between you and me, and Josh, maybe not, but you and me, we can probably get it done. I'm not. I'm not. I'm out. So there you go. Maybe, maybe early December. I'm gonna say this. It'll be. It'll come out either early December or early January. Yeah. All right. That's fair. In the meantime, head over to ifanboy.com to comment on this show. Talk about this week's books. You can find a lot of other podcasts. You can find our Daredevil podcast. If you've never heard that one, you can find our Star Wars episode one, the Phantom Menace 3D podcast, which is really just a lot of like, catharsis in that podcast. So that's actually a really fun one. I listened to it not that long ago. It was pretty funny. Uh, follow us at ifanboy.com slash ifan <laughs> facebook.com slash ifanboy. <laughs> And at iFanboy, at iFanboy on Twitter. Follow us individually at J.A. Flanagan, at C.S. Kilpatrick, at Ron XO. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Man and X-Man. I'm so, I'm so glad they stopped doing those 3D versions. That was, a, that was the best thing from the Disney acquisition. Like, they're like, the ink wasn't dry, and they're like, well, cancel those. <laughs> That's a good call. <laughs>
<laughs> I also <laughs> forgot there. that I saw episode one in 3D, by the way, Connor. It took it took nothing away from the movie. <laughs> it was just that movie. Wizard! <laughs> the, no, the only, literally the only thing I remember from that viewing was A, being bored, and B, hey, look, it's uh, Dominic West. That's <laughs> the only thing I remember from that. Yep. All right, yeah. My takeaway. So if you like our show, uh, maybe not this one. Maybe this isn't your test case. Uh, but if you'd like to uh, help us out, you can leave a review in iTunes or you can uh, pass links around to the show. Or, or if people say, hey, you know any comics podcast? You can be like, well, I know the best one and this is it. You know, Whatever you want to do, that's your deal. Um, so tell other people about it and uh, help us uh, spread the word about it. And we thank those of you who do and we appreciate that because you are pretty much our advertising budget. So... Uh. I mostly want people to assign the proper blame. So when you go on Twitter and say, I family doesn't actually read the comics, no, it's Ron. <laughs> yeah, let's be specific. Let's be specific. <laughs> That's Ron a good point. Doesn't, listen, Ron doesn't read the comics he complains about. So listen, this has been a week, all right? This has been a week. This, this, is, this, is, this is a, no, but not just that. Like, this is a lifelong, not lifelong, this is like throughout the history of the show. Yes, yeah. The three of us, who are three different people with three different opinions and takes on things, are always like, they didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we are not. We are not. We are not a, a hive mind. No, unless, unless unless we're talking about Airboy, right? <laughs> and if you don't like Airboy, you're pretty much SOL for this one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It was very good. Yeah, it was great. That's year. all I have. All right. All right. Until next week, I'm Connor. I'm Ron. I'm Josh. Bye. She said I would have it